Fakes, positive all G's. Infrared in that beat. Who make a martyr out me? I take the charters out deep. Don't make tomorrow our peak. If I say she borrow my keys. If I say she borrow my keys, she look like Emily Radikowski. Sonny Bono on skis. Promo runs are not cheap. Mommy hair when she. Molly got her tongue in her cheek. She don't know my name, A Keys. Bitch, I run AC. Chain froze AC. Make green like AC. Boca Chica Key. Costa Rican leaf. Post a vegan recipe. And then she back to sex and me. Haters playing both sides. I don't need no cosign. Call like MJ45. My streaming data for night. Hundreds hands on my fourth flight. My land black, my Porsche white. Yo, bitch, let me know. I can fuck she left on her Porsche light. Bentley truck, no keys. Rat, no ID. Bezless, shiny. Tim Duncan, five rings. Got the Lambo. Got the Tesla. In the Florida. Mommy twerking on me. Australian Coral Reefs. Mommy twerking on me. Sydney Opera House lease. That's Fanny Drops out me. And we up in the zone Got the keys to the crib And ain't nobody home So relax your mind Let your conscience be free You're now rolling with the boy H-U-S-T It's like he never stopped playing Teach you how to stunt on Serato uh, <laughs> Dude, how funny was that uh, Was that tweet though Where it says Where Francesca says The Giants just got Hit with a 2 by 4 And the I guy I mean, it's isn't it even another franchise? I mean, even, you know, in, in this moment, we can still refer back to the shitty roster they put together and the lack of progress. The, the interesting thing, dude, it was so funny the way that guy replies, and he says, Mike, if the two-by-four is hitting that hard, the Giants should sign it. We need a downhill linebacker with some, uh, with some pop or whatever. Dude, Francesca being off the radio is just like, it's the game's been missing, bro. Like I find myself <laughs> sifting through these pods, you know, it's not to say that Francesco is always right or that like, you know, he didn't have some, you know, freezing cold takes, you know, or in some cases some, you know, bad takes, but it's like, God damn dude. Like I put on mad dog. He might do two guests a week. Yeah. And it's like Peter King. And after 18 minutes, he's like, all right, dog. Cause he's too aggressive. He's like, Peter, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's a real piece of shit. What do you think about that? You know, like he'll try to, and it's just like, dog, I heard, um, and then when he does have a guest, it's someone worthless like Mike Lombardi, who is just a shill of the NFL superstructure. So he gets on there two weeks ago and he can't shut the fuck up about Brian Flores going to the Giants. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying to myself, that's, that reeks like Rooney rule propaganda because Mike Lombardi never did anything on his own. He's all he's got is the name. You know, he's a grandchild of Vincent, Vincenzo, or whatever. So I'm like, dude, I think Flores is awesome, and I think that would be a great hire, but I think it's fake. Did you think the smoke was real, or were you suspicious of it? I definitely thought there was some smoke there. I mean, once the media was kind of going with Dabble, you knew – you knew it would end up there. And once Schoen got in there, you, you knew it. The writing was on the wall. And there was a nice idea with Flores. And I definitely think there was interest. There are a couple of tweets out there that says, I read today, it said Mara's nephew actually called Flores right after the judge firing mm-hmm. and started talking assistant coaches and old fortune coordinator candidates. So I definitely think there was something there. Um, but you know, I think this is Mara trying to his, – his out is, you know, hey, I want the GM to make decisions. It's not up to me. We're doing things different this year. And that can always be a smokescreen as to, you know, what really went down and how this all played out. I just also – I know it's like timing with the hiring cycle here, but I feel like some of the, um, you know, African-American power players within the NFL, as they should, kind of looked at this and they were like, yo, man – End racism, fuck that shit, burn the ships, leak the... And then Belichick, does Belichick actually fuck up the text message or is that a final... Do you think Brady hit him and he was like, yo, I'm retiring, the stalemate's over, and Belichick was like, say less, I'm about to fuck the Giants one more time? I mean, Belichick was... You know, he's he is... His DNA is New York Giants, I mean. Goat but he's like the Anakin Skywalker. I think he has no vested interest. And I think the ties in the NFL run deep that, you know, he'll always, he'll always be family. I don't think he intentionally says, you know what, I'm just going to go after 
those that made me who I am and kind of helped me get to where I am today. I think the respect for the Mara family is too deep for him to, you know, go rogue agent and just burn so it all He's just an down. old man, and it was an accident. Guy just doesn't know technology, you know, Brian, coordinator on his phone, and he texts the wrong one. We've all been there. <laughs> Unfortunately, it happens to, yeah, you know, it, it does. geniuses too. That said, though, doesn't know his technology, but filmed the Rams walkthrough in 2000, had the GoPros hanging over the bingo. I mean, I don't know, bro. It's just weird. Like, that's well, he's like, got lemmings. He's probably got lemmings who handles all that yeah. stuff. But uh, again, you know, how many times have you sent a text to the wrong person? I mean, who among us is not guilty in the technology it's area? Happened. We yeah. are, We are the millennial era. Imagine a baby boomer. Of course, I'm sure it happens. And this is one of those situations that will probably go down an infant from this point out. Well, I'm, I'm proud of Brian Flores because I'm tired of this. Oh, there's only 32 of those jobs. And if you get offered one, you got to take it. Like, nah, bro, fuck that. You know, I got offered jobs back in Atlantic City. I didn't go back. I found out last week some kid got murked outside of one of the clubs I used to work at. That wasn't the culture when I was there, but clearly it went down. You know, like Brian Flores will land at a HBCU if need be. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's just one of the most courageous moves I think a guy can make one of the most selfless in what he's trying to accomplish with this. But yeah, I mean, you know, to know, you know, when I, once I make this move, you know, it's me against the shield from here on out. There's no going back. I don't see him coaching the NFL again after this. And yeah, I mean, it's courageous in his endeavors. It's ambitious. Let's see. It's also interesting, the timing, like remember how that Rachel Nichols thing happened right before the NBA finals. Uh, right. Yeah. This is kind of like, I mean, this is the off week before the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. You need something to talk about. I mean, I don't know if it's a total accident, but if it was quasi timed, I would say that was good planning on their part because um, we don't have anything to talk about other than you know arguing about whether or not Joe Burrow was wearing Buffalo Cartiers or some other brand. You know. Uh, well, it. It's funny how these things always seem to work out, you know, right before these events in their favor. I, you know, that would have to imply some kind of NFL Brian Flores collusion. You know, it definitely is. If you read the complaint, it's, you know, the introduction is kind of basically a welcome to Black History Month intro. This is what we're here. Kind of we're in the vein of the Martins and Malcolms and we want to kind of fight injustice. So just the way it's written out in the beginning, I think it's more aligned with that as opposed to. The NFL just keeping the, the media train rolling. I don't think this is the publicity they necessarily want. They could have definitely rolled with oh, Brady yeah. montages all week if they wanted to. No, it's, you know, it's bad going. publicity. You know, I'm it's, wondering it's if terrible. behind the scenes, you know, the like I say, the African-American power players, you know, whether it be, you know, Deion Sanders, Brian Flores, Dominique Foxworth, Louis Riddick, I mean, whatever, you know. Like, dude, I feel that LeBron was definitely part of that Rachel Nichols shit. Right. Rachel had to go, you know, that was, that was fucked up, but she was talking to one of LeBron's guys on the call and the timing of it was, you know, that story could have come out anytime. Yeah. So I'm not I, saying this is that. Yeah. Just, I, I think, think it's good. It, timing. As an extension of last year's Eric B B and Emmy, you know, his whole cycle through the, the whole off season situation last year with him not getting picked up as a head coach. This is kind of, you know, you'd see, it, it's weird. Whenever they'd announce first interviews, you know, you'd see all the media outlets, Schefter, whoever reported this so-and-so had an interview. It always felt like it was an abundance of African-American coaches or personnel being pushed upon you kind of on purpose. I kind of felt like, oh man, there's a lot of, you know, they're really quick to report all these guys getting interviewed. And it really felt forced from the jump that, oh, we're just putting in, in everyone's faces, you know, oh, Ryan Poles here and this uh, Adrian, I think it's Adrian Poole or the guy from uh, Adrian Wilson for the Jaguars. It, it felt like, oh, okay, you're seeing these names a lot. And then ultimately, how many of them actually ended up getting jobs? It, it, it felt like which is going to get one. Which one do you think? Because I guess he, the, the rumors is... And it looks, like, he, it looks like Tampa Bay is either going to land with him or Bowles. So that's one African-American head coach. Yes. And, and I'm not saying, you know, that there won't be opportunities, but it just felt like the names out there were predominantly African-American to start first round interviews. But let's see where the dominoes fall. I think the, the left rich controversy was he wants to take the job, but I guess he wanted to push the GM out. 
I think mm. that was the issue, the latest mm. news there. And it's kind of like well, him or me kind of thing. So now I think they were bringing in, who was it? Doug Peterson is now coming in for an interview now after all that. So oh, it'll be interesting. <laughs> it'll be interesting. I mean, I like out. Doug, but it's just like, dude, you have to go with Leftwich or Bowles at this point. You got a guy named whose last name is Arians who's yeah. cracking guys on the head and he's 70. <laughs> it's like, dude, come on, just do the right thing. You know, like, um, and I just, I, 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 I think Biennemi is very talented, but Biennemi, like Jason Kidd has a domestic violence thing. You know, he didn't like whatever. The point is Jason Kidd could work in Dallas, but he couldn't work in LA. You know, because mm-hmm. Genie Bus is connected to the battered women's community in Los Angeles. And that's what I heard was that ultimately Jason Kidd was a non-starter for Genie because, you know, someone in her PR was like, this isn't, you know, and I think that's the enemy's situation. I don't know. I'm not saying he's like a monster or something, but it sounds like he has this thing that is preventing him from working, you know, like maybe in a major market, maybe in like a democratic metropolis, perhaps. Uh, but KC, dude, anything goes in KC. I mean, fucking Andy Reid's son almost killed a girl. But that's what I'm year. saying. These owners, you know, they're doing bad by themselves, their own decisions. Like, it, it, I'm not going to hire this guy because he may have. And again, if that's the case, you know, everyone deserves what they get. But there are plenty of bad characters with their own dirt within the league who get put in certain positions anyway. Regardless and you can be an OC, but things. you can't be an HC. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's all the same. It, it's, it's nonsense. It, it is a farce. I think it's just that. Well, and also, like, I think Flores proved, you know, that he was legitimate. With Biennemi, we're still, we're still, we haven't seen him, you know, have control of a team, you know, run a team, win a bunch of fucking games. Dude, what about him getting offered to take money to tank games? I mean, I mean, you know, he just he pulled back the curtain. You know, I'm sure that's not the offer. This isn't, you know, some kind of one situation in the history of the NFL. He just said, you know what? If I'm going down, you guys are going down with me, and I'm going to expose some dirty little secrets. I'm sure that goes on more than we know in the NFL. Interesting revelation, though. Who do you think is uh, the QB in question he's talking about? The mystery, prominent quarterback. So it can't be Watson because that no. was that was um, that was uh, 2019. Yeah, it was the 20 was it 2019 season or 2020? Yeah, so it can't be Watson. Some people speculated it was Brady. But yeah, everyone was like, oh, it's not hard to figure out. I was like, okay, then tell me who it is because I'm fucking stumped. Yeah. But maybe it's Brady or, I mean, dude, because Ross. So here's the list of 2020 free agents. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tanto. And that's the list. So, I mean, who was the prominent, you know, it's probably not Drew Brees. Phillip Rivers could be. Dak wasn't going anywhere. Jameis and Teddy, Ryan, Marcus really weren't that sought after. So it's got it's to be Brady. I guess the issue was Flores just wanted somebody for the future and Russ just wants some money in the, in the Super Bowl. That's just weird, though, because, damn, I might have to switch to the hotspot. Hang on. How is this unstable? Yeah. Uh, that's so weird, though, because Flores and Brady are like homies. Like, So I would think – that he would be like cool with that. Um, but I mean, it is weird because, uh, Ross went to Michigan. Christ, the business school is named after him. Cause I think, let me see if the switch works. Oh, God damn it. Yo, ill DJ. Can you hear me? Yo. Motherfucker. Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, I connected with the hotspot. I don't know what's happening with my uh, connection there. Uh, Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, he's Michigan. He, they named the business school after him. I think he built it. Like, he spent like $10 million. That doesn't mean wow. that he's like a good guy. Um, but that was why 
it was interesting that, uh, you know, when they were talking about Harbaugh coming to coach, uh, the Dolphins, Harbaugh's at Michigan, Ross, the business school is named after him, and Adam Schefter is leaking all the information. Yeah, so it's and now we have another situation. We got the Vikings who apparently had a nine hour second interview with Patrick Graham, but now Michigan is, you know, certain Michigan writers are leaking out that Harbaugh is gonna take the Vikings job. So we could be doing this all over again in a couple of days' time, you know, depending on how Graham wants to play this out. But they said that Flores walked into the room with whoever the QB was and then turn around and walk out. I guess what happened, what it was reported, what he says in his complaint was that Ross invited him on a yacht and unbeknownst to him, that quarterback, prominent quarterback was conveniently going to be on the dock at the same time. And he was trying to set up a meeting and Flores was like, nah, screw this. I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm not getting into this shit. That's tampering, right? To allocate I mean, the uh, complaint alleges. That's tampering mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, that's tea, man. I mean, that's stuff that you don't really, you don't hear about. You know goes on, but you don't really hear it in written, especially in written writing and written form. So, I mean, it's an old boys club. So, again, Tom sure Brady was the quarterback. Stephen Ross allegedly wanted Brian Flores to meet in a yacht meeting before Brady was a free agent. So maybe Flores says, yo, he's not against Brady, but he's like, I can't tamper. Potentially. Potentially. Uh, especially because, you know, I'm one of the few African-American and the head coaches in this NFL, and I need to do it, you know, better and cleaner. Potentially, or it could be, you know what, I'm trying to build my career here. I don't want to stopgap. Where does that leave me if I'm trying to build a culture with this franchise? You brought me in to build a culture, and you just bring me this guy to boost us up for a year, maybe two, and then where does that leave me? Then you're Bruce Arians with, what does he have now in Tampa Bay? Oh, Arians is going to retire. Yeah, he's, he's out <laughs> yeah, he's a perfect. He was a perfect guy for that situation. All right, I got my ring. I, I got a couple good years of Brady. and I slapped the player on the helmet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's done. Flores is a young guy starting his career. He wants to get going. He wants to build something. You know, with Brady, maybe he just didn't see the vision of what they were trying to do. Well, or, I mean, it could, yeah. And the tampering. Yeah, I mean, that might have been, it sounds like Ross was almost trying to set him up to, like, basically almost kind of have leverage on him. Like, and dude, 100K to tank a game? I mean, that's, that, and dude, that's fucking crazy, though, because what if you're Steven Ross and you're like, yeah, Flores is going to tank this game and you have someone go make, like, a, $100,000 $100,000 wager on the game. Could be doing that too. You don't I mean, know. You don't know how deep these perversions can go. Well, dude, on the, I listened to this uh, whistleblower pod that was about this Donahue and dog. They said it was in the hundreds of millions in the 90s. The, the, the point spread tampering within, you know, tri state La Cosa Nostra and the and National Basketball Association alone was over $150 million in like a, you know, seven or eight year span. And that was so, in the nineties. We are now yeah, in yeah, the super, year of our Lord, 2022 hyperinflation, online gambling and so many different ways and NFTs and all these things. Like, you think it just went away? Seriously? It's, it's deep. It's deep. They just get better hiding these things. I think as time goes on, it is amazing, dude. Cause you can take whatever you want seriously in life, but you can make money tampering with the point spread of a children's game that's being broadcast on, you know, network television. And I think, dude, the NFL is one of the last things that's kind of keeping network TV alive, right? It's fair. Yeah. And even the streamings of streaming giants are trying to get a piece of that. Amazon doing Thursday night games, Peacock trying to get involved with the, the soccer. They're trying to carve it up. And Bezos, they say he, he wants to, you know, get a team or whatever. Uh, and that he might be, you know, not that uh, what's his name, who owns the team in Washington is a good guy, but that part of the reason he's under pressure is because, you know, people of power are putting pressure on him. If I were Bezos, I would just, you know, buy up the streaming rights, but it probably doesn't, it probably doesn't go like that. It's probably not, not that simple. You know, it's like CBS and Fox and NBC are the only ones who are allowed to bid. 
Right. Well, they got working relationships with these guys that goes years and years deep. So that to be a major bag for them to want to get away from, from those relationships. What do you think about the, the guy the Giants actually hired? As a Giants fan, are you like very disillusioned right now? Or I mean, is this a point where you maybe, you know, for Kaepernick, a lot of people were like, you know, I'm kind of letting go of this maybe. Uh, I did for a while. I mean, I still, you know, watch football and stuff, but not the same way. Well, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big soccer fan. Uh, I watch a lot of German football, Bundesliga. You're a Bayern, a Bayern Munich guy. I, I, I'm a Bayern Munich and they have their own share of controversies. It's different than the NFL. Whereas in the Bundesliga, the, the, the fans own parts of the team. So uh-huh. you know, they are vested partners in the success of the team. You know, but they have controversy over a Qatar Airways sponsorship on their jersey and all the human rights violations there. No one says, you know what? I'm going to turn away from being a Bayern fan. It's like, no, I'm a fan, but we got to right the ship within this team that I love that is a part of my life. I think about it the same way with the Giants. You know, I'm a Giants fan. This is my team. I grew up with their team. They bring me a certain level of joy. It's been a lot of pain in recent years, but I'm not going to run away. But someone has to be at the front of this to say, you know what? We got to fix this. This stinks from the inside out. You can't just jump ship. But listen, this is my team. This is my enjoyment. I can't let you steal that from me. I have to do what I can as a fan for my sanity, for my break from the trappings of daily life and my hard work. If I want to sit down for three hours to watch a football game, I want to do that. But don't give me all this shit that comes along with it. So I wouldn't say I'm going to run away from football. That's not realistic for me. But I want to see definitely, uh, it's been past time for change within your organization. Mm-hmm. Devil and showing, uh, let's see. Um, you know, it, it's a change for them. You know, the Giants are very much, again, a traditional franchise. They kind of stay within the Accorsi GM family for the last couple of cycles of general managers. So this time they're kind of doing something from the outside in. Is it going to be any different? Let's see. It will, you know, the underlings, the assistant personnel director, who's all part of the Mara family, will they be able to stay out? Well, Apparently not, because already they're fucking things up with this whole Flores thing. You know, a nephew talking to Flores on the phone, brokering phone calls. So already you're trying to change, but it seems like more of the same. If we're talking schematically, I think, you know, Dabo comes from the Bills and with the success of Josh Allen. They definitely needed an offensive-minded coach. But what happens? They get an offensive-minded coach, the defense suffers. They get a defensive-minded coach. The offers, the offense suffers, and around we go. So we got to see if this is really a change and if they got the right minds in there running the ship at this point. Dude, for me, it's actually come a full circle to the point where now, for me, the intrigue lies within the business interests, you know, the financial back and forth, and how it plays out in the media. I'm actually less interested in the, um, in the games. But the one thing that I like about the games is I feel like in America, like nepotism uh, and, you know, sort of cronyism has, has just become a runaway freight train and it becomes a runaway freight train until the people realize that they actually need someone who can actually do the job. And Joe Burrow kind of reminded me of a young Kanye West last week where it was like, Remember that zone where it was like, you guys can have whoever you want, you know, like that the label is favoring this year, whether it's chingy or, you know, drag on or whatever you guys are pushing. Okay. But when it comes to this drum machine and these bars, you're going to have to come deal with me, you know? And Mm -hmm. for me, that's the lollipop remix is like the ultimate example of that where it's just like, you can't fucking do anything with this guy. And even if he is going to outwrap you on the track, you still, you still need him on the record. Uh, and for the sake of hip hop, for people who actually love the game, you have to appreciate that. Even if you are a little Wayne and you realize you're kind of getting your ass kicked on your own song a little bit. And mm-hmm. that rang home with me for Joe Burrow. I was like, yo, you guys can have your Dak Prescott's and your Patrick Mahomes and all the people that had your ba- dude, how many, commercials does baker mayfield have you know how many does joe burrow have <laughs> yeah the mayfield hysteria i don't i don't know what it is it's it's, it's ridiculous i guess I, I saw a tweet that said uh 
Joe Burrow was everything they wanted Baker Mayfield to be. Oh, and more. I mean, dude, if you're yes. rocking Cartier's walking into the game, dude, he spawned a debate on Detroit dope boy Twitter over whether or not his Cartier's <laughs> were Buffaloes or not. Because in Detroit, <laughs> that's like you can't, you basically have to be T Grizzly to walk around with buffs on. Like yeah, you yeah. have to be respected to a point that like we're going to let that go. And they were yeah. like, they're not buffs, you know? And it's like, okay, dude, still, like, he's making a statement. And clearly, you know, he's been accepted to some extent by, yeah. you know, the, the rest of the team. And, it, I mean, dude, he tells them to draft Jamar Chase, they do it. He tells them to draft a lineman that carries them off the field, they do it. And mm. um, that's what I think we're going to need to see is more control from the inside. You know, like, Tom Brady can step up and get an offense controlled. Patrick Mahomes can release a racism commercial and get, you know, some other things done. Let's see some guys who are going to say, we're not going to play, you know, unless Lewis Riddick is the GM. We're not going to play unless uh, Brian Flores is the coach. Or we're not going to play for John Gruden, you know, and I think that happened with John Gruden a little bit, a little bit, maybe. Um, I think that was a that was an insight. We got to get this guy out of here, kind of thing. I don't know about the John Cruden. The way all that news kind of rolled out, and all right, we'll give you a little bit. Oh, you don't like rubber lips? Okay, we'll give you a little more. Okay, that's not enough. We'll give you a little more to find people like all right. We got to get him out of here. The court of public opinion turned on him, and they had no choice. But I think definitely was some inside leaking of certain things that kind of led to you know all right. That first, the response wasn't what the I guess the powers that be wanted, so they had to go a little deeper, and finally they got him out of there. That's what I think. I, I think that was corrupt from the jump. I mean, yeah, was he a shitty guy saying shitty things? Of course, but they all do. But why Gruden among, you know, all of them? And it's funny. Keyshawn talking about that was crazy. Sorry, go ahead. It's funny. Yeah, it, it's funny. In the complaint. Um, Those emails Flores, are now in there, right? Florence Flores mentions that. Yes. It's, you know, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence within the complaint itself from Flores. He brings up. Steve Wilkes and the Cardinals. They brought up uh, Dave Caldwell and Lions. Oh, um, Jim Steve Mariucci. Yeah. yeah, Caldwell, excuse me. Jim Mariucci. Steve no, Mariucci okay. in 2003. They, they, there's a lot of circumstantial stuff, a lot of fluff, right? But, you know, this case is going to come down to, you know, I've done employment law for a long time, a couple years mm-hmm. of my old job. What it's going to come down to is, all right, you know, to the extent that they've made this allegation that the NFL Giants violated this particular state employment statute was there any clear violation of that? And will Bill, Pe- Bill Belichick play ball and say, hey, yes, so-and-so told me before his interview that the job was already sewn up? You know, that's, that's a smoking gun here. What's Bill going to do? That's what a call comes down to because you have no case. NFL can throw enough shit and say, oh, well, we interviewed this Rooney rule and well, we hired this person and all these things to make it seem like, oh, no, no, no harm, no foul here. This is just protocol. It's all going to come down what Bill says. The Rooney rule is like kind of offensive to me at this point. It's like, dude, affirmative action was like, that was like an early nineties thing. Like Mm -hmm. heaven, I would hope we have progressed past a way to sort of handle that, but I guess we haven't, man. I mean, I guess this is still the America we live in. Um, I mean, the the proof is in the pudding. If you look at the numbers, you look at the percentages, obviously it hasn't worked. And, you know, even with that opportunity to have the Rooney rule, people run around it anyway. So I, I, I saw some, another tweet. It was like, oh, if I don't hire anyone of color, I'm racist. If I interview someone of color and don't hire them, I'm still racist. And yeah, the only real rule in, of, in and of itself, it seems kind of silly. But, you know, you want to put these people in opportunities. But again, if the complaint, if you have the time, get a look at it. Everyone's talking about all floors, discrimination, but some of the actions he calls for in terms of injunctive, injunctive release, relief, excuse me, uh, and what opportunities can be afforded to in terms of development programs and seminars to help mm-hmm. underperforming or to build up lower performing coaches. A lot of things in there that I think will have more long-term impact if they're able to come to some kind of agreement. Cause this thing's not going to see a trial. It doesn't work that way. The only time you're seeing cr- trials really is criminal cases, people doing jail time, these white collar co- cases it's going to drag out. You got to go through the Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. They take about a year to look at a mm. case anyway. So you got a year of that. 
then you got to, there's a class action lawsuit. So you're going to have to have it certified as a legitimate class action complaint. Then they're going to do subpoenas. Then they're going to do depositions. Then maybe they'll mediate. Eventually they'll come to terms. Florida gets a settlement and we'll see what kind of injunction action, injunctive relief actions are included in the settlement and which are not. But essentially this is going to drag for a couple of years. It's going to be really expensive. It's going to really going to test the limits of Florida's patience and pockets and eventually going to come to some kind of seven eight figure settlement and that's where this is going to go and will there be any change in the nfl that's to tell and what will bill belichick do or say or not say that's really going to swing the tide in one of the other party's favors i can't believe they fucking leaked those messages dude it's this do you think this might be roger goodell's turnstile finally or do you no. think he's still Teflon? No, I think, you know, again, the, oh, it's, it's funny, this guy, you know, you went through the whole Kaepernick drama and they dragged this man, lost a job, all these things, and the NFL was in trouble for so long. And then, you know, pandemic hits, pandemic comes back, they turn around and then they say, you know what, Kaepernick, after we made all our billions of dollars and I got my raise and we signed a new NFL PA agreement and all that, we're going to say, you know what, you were right. We shitted on you. We took away your career. You were right in the long run. Oh, well. We're going to, you know, say your name a couple of times on TV. We're going to air these social justice commercials, and the train keeps on rolling on. It's, nah, man. The NFL is undefeated in this country. That's why Jay-Z got a little criticism, because he he sort of partnered with the NFL and He's a capitalist. I mean, he's, you know, he, he knows how to play the games. Yeah, it's an opportunity. You need me. This is my chance. You need me. I want to be an owner or whatever. You guys need to save face. Yeah, I can come. I can help. And it does, you know, on the surface, some things. It brings awareness. That's important, too. But real change. Here we are. Jay-Z, did Dr. Dre do anything to prevent this Florida situation or the BNEM situation? No, it's, he's making his money, too. He's got to get his scratch. Can we talk about L.A. Hove? Just conceptually, please. Hove, like at a Rams game. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know he's been living in Beverly Hills for you know a while now, you know, and it's yeah. it's cool, but it's just it's just it's never happened like that. It's happened with like Motown artists, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, of course Michael Jackson lives in Beverly Hills, yeah. uh, but of course Lionel Richie, you know, lives in L.A. Uh, but with rappers specifically rappers from New York and just going through the whole East coast, West coast drama. And now it's just like LA Hove. It's like, I get it, but it's like, I don't know. Like if if you're mid thirties and you lived through that, it's a little, it's a little weird. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's weird. I, I you, you listen, man. You got drill music running crazy. You got trap music, and you got Detroit, whatever that's becoming the Detroit sound. You know where does Jay Z fit into the zeitgeist? You oh know, no, think I think musically guys, he's yeah, no, he's not well, rapping. Culturally, the same. He's on a Sinatra kind of you know superstar yeah. icon level executive. Yeah, producer, yeah, so he can pop up anywhere. Who cares? And, you know. But, Nas, they, but he's basically know. repping L.A., I guess, is the oh. kind of point I'm dancing around a little bit. Sure, sure. I mean, well, L.A., you know, that's the new, you know, forum in L.A. It's a new uh, MSG, you know, Madison Square Garden, Cylon. Everyone has to be there. They got, what was it, Takeoff was there last week at Big Sean and Jenny Aiko. That's the place to, be, especially, you know, that big game. It's, you know, it's a corporate event. It's a new schmooze. If anybody was anybody who's in the business of NFL has to be there and, and Super Bowl is going to be even worse, but it always is. Yeah. It's just, it's just weird because, uh, and dude, to, I don't know if how crazy drill music. I mean, I can only speak to what's going up in Florida. Uh, yeah. and also dude, I have this complex that like all these rappers who are like, dude, Nipsey was like the best man. Yeah. Like, you know, and pop smoke was like entering this phase, like dude, right before Ooh. the pandemic hit when I was DJing in AC, Pop Smoke's dominance was like almost like, cause this is this thing that happens in the streaming era, right? If you get dominant now, it's like nothing matters. Nas doesn't matter. You know, Jay-Z doesn't matter. Tupac doesn't matter. You know, dude, six, nine was like sending shit up, you know, yeah. uh, for a long ass fucking time. Um, dude, extension was the most streamed artist on Spotify. 
Uh, not to say that that was like deserve it. It's like, it's sometimes it's just like, it's this overcompensation and I'm trying to find a balance as far as new music right now. I think culture three was a very nice contribution from the Migos. And I got a lot out of that record. And as far as like making the best music right now, dude, I think it's Tory Lanez, man. Uh, Strong statement. Strong statement. I have you listened to the, the Ashton rain eighties concept album. You know, I haven't, I haven't got, I'll send you the two hottest ones. I'll send you the two hottest ones. One of them is a careless whipper whisperer sample. Yeah. I'll say this. It's funny. You know, I I saw a couple, I'm into TikTok a lot. I'm really into TikTok. I think it's fast media. It's quick media. If you want to know anything about what's going on in the world right now, it's happening on TikTok culturally. So I get into a lot of that stuff. You learn a lot about so many different topics. But it's funny, there was a one TikTok that said, you know, I guess according to Spotify, 74 or 70-something percent of their music is actually old music. And it's like, it, and I relate to that because I'm not really into, again, the fact that I'm getting it at a certain age now, I'm not really into a lot of the hip-hop that you listen to they're Boston making Nova now. Jazz. I listen to my Bossa Nova. I listen to a lot of, you know, Post disco, I listen to some international music. I just don't have the, the time, but it's I guess their reasoning for that part of the explanation is because you know coming out of this pandemic, a lot of us aren't able to go out the same or weren't going out, so there weren't any emotional ties to this new music that you're hearing. We're not going out and experiencing it in real time at clubs, at picnics, at restaurants. So there is no emotion, there's no con- emotional connection to this music that's coming out. So essentially, you know, people go you know, what, back to what they know and this song that brings me back to this time, this memory. But other than the fact that it's moving so fast and people don't really make albums like that anymore anyway. I mean, only the top heavyweights are going to waste their time putting that effort for a complete body of work. And it, it doesn't matter. Everyone wants streaming and the quick hit and the virality. So there is no need, there's no effort to put in a complete body. There's no musicality. The only, and I take it all back, because the only artist I check for, other than, you know, Drake, you have to, Kanye, is Todd the Creator, 10 times out of 10, I have to. Whatever he's putting out, I got to listen. I'm telling you, that Migos album, that Migos album was good, dude. I'll give it a listen. I'll I'll send you the four four songs you need to hear. Tyler, Uh, to me, is the next iteration of Pharrell, of Kanye, in terms of just taking his musicianship seriously, and his concept, and his sounds, and he is one of the only ones, I, I think. You know, I'll try to listen to Earl Sweatshirt and a lot of they get these new guys, Z Looper Z. You try to just to feel, get a flavor of what's going on in the rap game, but it's hard a lot of it, man. I will lie. Dude, I, don't, I don't listen to music other than when I'm DJing in the club. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I listen to podcasts or I kind of, I mean, Joe Button podcast is kind of like listening to music, sort of. But okay. uh, no, no, dude. I, I mean, so but how I do you. I'm listening your... to music for 35 hours a week, you know? So, well, yeah, you need a rest. You need a rest. So, I guess, uh, how do you find new music? What's your outlet for musical discovery in terms of the where girls it's come going? up and they add, dude, it's like, it's what? just, I'll see it online and I'll go, okay, yeah. big purr is a thing. <laughs> how, how long will it be before <laughs> a dancer asks me for big purr? And usually yeah. it's like 96 hours. Uh, for example, push and pee. I think I got about oh, two yeah. weeks from seeing it on Twitter until Mal- was, Malibu asked me to play it. I'm convinced that in those in that sample, there's some kind of something going on because that that shit hypnotizing, man. From the first moment I heard it, I said, "Oh no, nah, this song is different." Uh, I was like, I don't know, lukewarm. I think uh, Kodak Super Gremlin is actually like the superior song. Okay. Um, uh, that gunna shit dog. It's just so vapid. Uh, yeah, it, but it, but it all is, you know, we, well, we, yeah, it, Drake can still get future to fucking kind of be vulnerable, you know, like on desires when he's like, you know, fucking, I should have put you, I should have put you, you know, in a fucking remote location before I copped you all this ice. Like, Right. That's not vapid to me. You know, he's probably right. talking about Lori Harvey or like an actual situation. But future is, future is still of a, cer- of a certain ilk. He does have dir- dungeon family ties. He's not like these new jacks who are just, just like you said, they are vapid. It speaks to a different 
generation. I have a younger cousin who swears allegiance to Young Thug is the best rapper in the game. And it's like, I just can't, re- I can't relate to that. He's a, very, from- he's a very highly productive artist. You know, Young Thug, these, I think autotune is almost like the three-point shot, you know? So we're just used to a different standard of basketball, yeah. you know, that you had to we, sort of come down the lane with the bars, you know, sort of. We, so like, we like Oakley. We like Iverson and a crossover. And yeah, these kids are in the Steph Curry Splash Brothers era. It's just a different ear for the way it's well, going. That's why man. Nipsey like hurt so much for me because not only was their value and he was like an awesome guy, but dude, like, like legendary baller, like Mike, like Wilt. Standing so tall, they think I might got stilts. 96 Impala, thug life on wheels. I was like, he's the best. Yeah. That's like, dude, 96 Impala, thug life on wheels. I'm thinking about training day, the vehicle that killed Tupac. I mean, it's, you talk about painting a picture. Uh, yeah. That, you know, it's just like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dry sort of landscape. And I, um, uh, but it's it's cool though because I mean there's enough to curate. Uh, Moneybag is having a moment, um, even though he's kind of like, dude, it's a shame, bro. I think Dolph was on his way to really being a star. You know, I think he had a couple records, like he hadn't had yeah. like a hit yet, but he had one called Juicy and another one with Keyglock called Buddy Love that was like he was going into that zone where he had the strippers hypnotized. Yeah, and once you get soon. that. <sighs> for another pod um any final thoughts we've kept you about 10 minutes over already anything you want to say about the atmosphere in new york did you wave hi to rocky outside of columbia university at the baby actually, photos <laughs> it's funny i just i just moved away from that area oh so did about you okay two months two months later i would have been walking you know i take I used to take walks every morning i maybe would have seen that um, I actually have driving down Soho in like a G wagon, like mm. it, it, it was Tribeca one. It was night of Halloween in Tribeca in a G wagon. My Rocky weird run in, but turn the state of New York. This New York drill shit is getting really active and getting really, really violent. These uh-huh. kids, it's it's almost become you know we talk about music. It's become hyper local. It's almost went back underground. Whereas if you are from this certain project or area of the Bronx you have your local hero who's really mm-hmm. up repping this gang or, or this section and they're beefing with this one they got this kid K Flock who all the kids go crazy for like it's really becoming super splintered and very regional within New York the, the drill scene and it's very intricate they've got guys I've never heard of who are 15 and 16 years old who are superstars in their own neighborhood it's been a long time since you saw that in the New York landscape. It's usually one that they champion or the labels push. These kids are just doing it for the clout, basically. They Sound want the internet shine. They want to get the hype in their hoods. They want to get a little fresh, but they're not trying to get on and They actually like music. Stuff. Yeah, they're already rich off selling they're Percocets just, or boosting. Or- yeah, they're just making their music for their kids in the neighborhood and their people and the YouTube, and that's what they want. And it's and it's a, a lot of guys you see in the New York scene are going down, getting gunned down, or having accidents, having incidents, or running down on each other. The New York drill scene is pretty wild. But, you know, that's that's what I don't like about the gang thing, because now it's all on record. So when I go to prosecute you, like, it's a fucking it is, layup. And you and I would know that. And the cops yeah. are just licking their chops like, oh, yeah, this is life. I'm, jump- I'm hopping on this live stream, this Instagram live. This one's doing, you know, they're running down on cats on the live. They're rolling up on their ops on Instagram live for the world to see. But they're not thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this because it's going to get me easily indicted. It's just, yo, this, and they can see me. I'm doing it anyway. And, but what's, you know, someone's open to think what she sees. This one's from my neighborhood. She's going to see how I get down. It, that does, is not a factor to them. And that's scary. The rules of these kids are just different. They play by a different rule. The r- code of the street is going internet, and it's just not the world that we know. And these kids don't give a shit, period. So you're expressing a little bit of concern. I don't want to sound like the grumpy old man. I mean, the kids got to have room to do it their own way. I wasn't the most careful guy when I was young. It's just a different iteration of it. And, you know, the rules that we know are just getting further and further eroded. So it's going to be at one point unrecognizable to 
the streets we know, the, the rules we played by when we were coming up, they're just going to be so different. Already it is. They don't, they don't care. We went down on ops on Revels and Do you think it's Instagram the drugs and, that's causing, like, the disconnect? Or do you think it's uh, they don't have any OGs? There's, like, that splinter? I think, I think it's a product. This is finally the vision that major labels realized. And SBI Cointel Pro, I can indict you at any time. When they started pushing, you know, NWA in the 90s. It it started with that. And then there was a blinkling error. And it became so unavoidable that it just has entered into all facets of young society hip-hop is generating all this, this is all kids yeah we're not here to you know talk down on you know just new york rap i think the internet generation no, is no, lacking no. a lot of this stuff because no. a lot of kids are doing a lot of that you know uh yeah but oh it's just Lord. it's kind of it's just an all-encompassing this is this is the the trickle-down effect of all that you know I do. You know, it's breaking up families and, you know, single parents and drama with women, disrespect to women. and dr- It's all generated from that. They make billions of dollars and push out. This is how you have to live. This is how you want to be to get shine, to get attention. And it trickles down and generation, generation, they just keep getting reinforced this message. And this is what you're left with. But. So Eric Adams has not instilled you with confidence. Eric Adams, um, you know, he's good at being everywhere and he's got the words. Let's see. I, I mean, you know, he's just getting more and more ammo to bring back Stop and Frisk. I'm concerned. They already got plainclothes cops back in New York. I think, you know, he's a former police officer. I think he's just waiting to bring the hammer down. Everyone's just giving him a reason. What is he, a couple weeks into his, uh, his candidacy or his, Stop his tenure? Stop Frisk. And- I mean, oh, I, and yeah, I, dude. I, how about the you know building explosion that killed seven people? That's partially owned by a member of his transition team. That happens yeah. within ten days of his. Um, yeah, that's I wasn't inf- a fan of any of that. Yeah, dude, that was uh, that almost looked like a ritual sacrifice, bro. I mean, that was almost like mm-hmm. how does that like fly? Mm-hmm. Can't 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 speak to that. Didn't do, do enough research, but. I mean, Eric Adams has got more than enough, you know, controversies, if you will, at the start of his tenure, ten, tenure as mayor to start, you know, kind of bringing the hammer down. And essentially, I think that's kind of what he will end up doing, the sake of this crusade against gun violence. And let's see. I mean, he, well, he preaches. marijuana is legal now, right? So at least if you're stopping for, for some bud. I don't want to be stopping for this period for of course, anything. Of course. No one wants <laughs> so, that. Yeah. We no, don't, I know. We don't want that. I, I just, I talked to a homie who's on 10 years probation in Michigan and they can't test yeah. for pot anymore. So yes, yeah, stopping frisk is bad, but legalizing yeah. marijuana is good. Right. That's yeah. good. It's, it's small victories and you know, let's see, you know, what it, what the effect is. If it's just more of big business grabbing up more, more opportunities to get court property. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was watching that Michael K. documentary, Michael K. Williams documentary last night, and you know, uh, saying that the issue with legalizing marijuana is all right. Yeah, it's legal now, but if you don't have the money, if you don't have the capital to get into the business, you're just going to be on the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. Will it be more of the same? I think I've looked at some of the proposed legislation. You got to have a lot of coin just to open up a dispensary. All that it's 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 not nest on retainer who's not cheap either. It's not cheap. It's going to squeeze out the <sighs> damn R.I.P. Michael mom K. I gotta check that out because dog the um. It's another you know, one, man. It, that's well, they arrested is. cocaine dealers for fentanyl lace, a delivery service, but they didn't announce any connection okay. to Michael K. Williams' death. But I thought that was weird because okay, he definitely probably perished from fentanyl laced cocaine. I didn't see a, to- a toxicology report. I mean, no, nor I did know. I. Nor did I. But uh, it sounded like someone brought him the drugs. He was by himself, you know, probably just like going over a script or whatever and wanted yeah. to, you know, bump a line and smoke a joint. And um, I mean, I don't know, dude. It's, it's, it's a very, 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 very convenient, unfortunate, ter- he was tragic a rec- accident. He was a recovering addict, and yeah, it's a shame that if that's the case. Relapses are part of recovery, but I think he's i mean, he's one of the best actors of the generation, and I think black actors, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, as a white person who watches cinema, he's on the same list as, you know, Denzel, Jeffrey Wright. Um, yeah, he's got an iconic roles. You know, you don't want to get into conspiracy theory, you know. No, if but you, I mean, if, I would if you watch say, this show, 
Yeah. If, if um, you watch the show, it's a lot, a okay. lot of tea he's given out. Watch well, the series. Because he was doing it before he died. Yeah, he had this. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. A lot of tea about the underground market, about boosting, about cyber piracy. A lot of the underground he was getting into, the really shitty, shitty of the black market. So mm-hmm. if you get a chance, watch a couple episodes. It just, it What's seems that average, it? For the audience? Oh. That's okay. I'll have to we'll find, find it. it. Yeah, no, it's yeah, okay. I'll, I'll find That's you fine. After, but it's, it runs on Vice. Uh, okay. Yeah, some really interesting details of the underworld he gets into. So, again, any connection there, who knows? But you know, rest in peace. R.I.P. Yo, Ill DJ, you are a god amongst men, and uh, we will hopefully speak to you again soon, brother man. I appreciate you, dog. Appreciate you. Hope this hope this makes sense. It was fun. Oh, Definitely fun hopping on. Hopping it's on gonna with make you. dollars too, brother. I'm a holler at you. <laughs> Right. Hang on, where is this record button at? Costa Rican leaf, post a vegan recipe, and then she back to sex and me. Haters playing both sides. I don't need no cosign. Call like MJ45. My streaming dad a full night. Hundreds hands on my fourth flight. My land black, my porch white. Yo, bitch, let me know. I can fuck what she left on her porch like Bentley truck, no keys. Rat, no ID. Bezlet, shiny. Tim Duncan, five rings. Twerking on me, Australian Coral Reefs, Mommy twerking on me, Sydney Opera House lease, that's Danny Droppers at me. See us, and we up in the zone, got the keys to the crib, and ain't nobody home. So relax your mind, let your conscience be free. You're now rolling with the boy, H-U-S-T, V-I-P, up at K-O-D, on my gorilla pimp shit like it's my J-O-B, open lock a Hialeah in that Range Rover V. Haters really thought that they could lowball me, till I pulled a Bad Harbor in the Cobalt Re. And when I say re, I don't mean re-re, I mean that F-50, that Ferrari. Playing bitches like it's Atari Let the shoddy reload like a safari Met mommy in the club, she was Qatari Got the Lambo, got the Tesla In the Florida, mommy twerking on me Australian Coral Reefs, mommy twerking on me Sydney Opera House lease, that fan drop is me Got the Lambo, got the Tesla In the Florida, mommy twerking on me Australian Coral Reefs, mommy twerking on me Sydney Opera House lease, that phantom drop is out me.